0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap.
2: Here's
0: the pitch.
1: A cover!
3: it's time to tap the keg with Lane Rindle. Well, hello everybody and welcome to a very special edition of Brewers on Tap as we are in advance of Brewers on Deck this weekend. How fun is that going to be? And we'll have another Brewers on Tap coming to you next week talking with hopefully some of those new Brewers. And there are going to be some new faces, of course, this year when we report to spring training in just a few weeks really from now. But before we do that, I wanted to take a special Moment uh, over the course of this next 45 minutes to an hour or so and to look at something really cool that the Brewers do and they've been involved in for years and years and years and that's their involvement in the community through the Brewers Community Foundation. Cecilia Gore does such a tremendous job with this. Of course, Katina Shaw helps out by getting the players involved and it really is a pretty phenomenal effort from the Brewers in all the things that they're a part of all the different youth that they are able to impact through these different programs that they partner with these different organizations across the city and across the five-county area and across the state to help impact people uh, in the state of Wisconsin and baseball fans, of course, uh, as well. And so we're going to dive into some of this today. This is going to be a lengthier podcast, so kind of buckle up, if you will. And we have a bunch of different guests to come on and talk with us about the different initiatives that the Brewers Community Foundation are involved with, the partnerships that they have, and then we're going to talk about the Brewers Community Foundation as well. Dr. Michelle Bria will be our first guest. She's the CEO of Journey House, and I'm going to let her tell you more about what Journey House is and what it does and how it's impacting youth baseball in the city. They're going to talk to Mark Thomas, who is, of course, the CEO of the American Red Cross Wisconsin region. And we'll be excited to hear about all the great things that, of course, the Red, the Red Cross is doing in the state of Wisconsin. And then Paula Kylie, who is a city librarian from the Milwaukee Public Library. She's going to stop by and talk about the summer reading program that the Brewers have been involved in. Lorenzo Kane was a super summer reader last year for the uh, Milwaukee Public Library, and we're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk to Katina Shaw and Cecilia Gore as well before it is all said and done. So uh, we're glad you're with us for this special edition of Brewers on Tap. And let's jump into a, our first conversation with our special guest. And this is Dr. Michelle Bria, the CEO of Journey House. I had a chance to sit down with her about a week ago and discuss everything that Journey House is doing across the community. Here on Brewers on Tap as we continue to look at the Brewers Community Foundation and some of the different partnerships that they're involved in and the impact that they're trying to make in the community here in Milwaukee and throughout the state. We are joined by Dr. Michelle Bria, the CEO of Journey House. Dr. Bria, it is really good first and foremost to have you with us here. Let's begin by just taking a look at Journey House and what your objectives are, kind of the mission statement and the the difference you've been able to make in the community.
4: Absolutely. Journey House is moving into our 51st year of life. We are located on Milwaukee's near South Side, which is in the shadows of Miller Park. We can see Miller Park from our playgrounds and playing fields. We serve close to 9,000 children and families every single year. Our mission is to move families and children out of poverty through adult education, youth development, workforce readiness, and family engagement.
2: I,
3: I really love this. I, I think that it, it's this this is something that I've said just privately for for years. I think these types of initiatives are initiatives that really make a difference for our for our society and obviously uh, you should be very proud of, of what you guys have been able to accomplish. What are some of the specific things that you've partnered with that have helped you get your cause kind of out there
4: one of our greatest partners is the brewers community foundation and the milwaukee brewers we host the felix Mantilla little league which is the longest running little league uh, by a living major league baseball player in the united states It's been around since 1972. We've always played at Milwaukee County Barron Park. And we have about 300 kids who are all brewers. So the Brewers Community Foundation sponsors all of their uniforms. So every single child is a brewers. And I really like that because not only is the aspiration not only to become a Major League Baseball player, but we also have an education component and a career component. So introducing young people to all different kinds of careers, not only as a Major League Baseball player, but all the other things that go into operating a stadium. And unfortunately, the fields at Barron Park have kind of had their day, and so the Milwaukee Brewers and Major League Baseball and other generous uh, Milwaukee and stuff forward, and we are in the process of completing a $2.2 million baseball field renovation that will be up and running late this summer. So not only are all our kids brewer, brewers, future brewers, players, but we're going to have beautiful fields to play and host tournaments on.
3: That is tremendous. And you kind of hit on this already. It's not just about uh, growing the game of baseball, which is clearly something that is a benefit of all of this, but it's growing the community in general and, and showing these young people that there are so many opportunities for them out there and just kind of helping them progress along and and continue to mature as young adults.
4: Absolutely. One thing we also do with our workforce program is we have a six-week training track for sports turf management and landscaping because we actually care for 28 acres of parkland and five different uh, synthetic turf fields. And beyond having the experience of training future sports turf managers, uh the milwaukee brewers uh, uh sports turf managers are very much of a help to help us keep our our fields and our synthetic turfs in the best shape possible. And I can't tell you how much that means when we yeah. have professional expertise that are helping our staff and helping the soon-to-be sports turf manager yeah. managers that are going to go into those careers, uh, learn from the best, help us keep our fields as the best quality because our kids, we really want to level the playing field and we want to give our kids the experience experience of world-class players such as as the Brewers. And the Brewers really help us do that.
3: Dr. Michelle Bria is our guest here on Brewers on Tap. You just mentioned our staff. Uh, You're the CEO of Journey House. This takes a few people to be able to, to operate something like this, I got to imagine.
4: Yes, it does. I've been at Journey House for 24 years, so we have grown over the years, and we've really become a community asset for families who are looking for all different kinds of opportunities. Another opportunity the Brewers give, and this might seem simple, but we are in the shadows of Miller Park, and many of our children and families have never been here, so the Brewers giving us a game day experience to bring our children and families and have a great experience on game days is priceless, It's absolutely priceless. And with the Felix Mantia Little League, we also have a cultural exchange with our sister city in Puerto Rico, Isabella, Puerto Rico, where Felix Mantia uh, was born born and raised before he came to play for the Milwaukee Braves and um, became a legend. And we bring children and families over from Puerto Rico, and we go visit Puerto Rico, too. But it's more than baseball. It's about these experiences. And I can't tell you, when we brought our families over from Puerto Rico, and we knew we were going to be able to play um, at Health Air Field, which is located outside of Miller Park. And as we were driving by Miller Park, because they arrived on Thursday, and we, uh, the Brewers were hosting us on that Sunday, every time we would go by, by the station, stadium there were screams of joy and when we finally got to go in and our kids and the Puerto Rico kids got to experience a major league baseball game for the first time in their lives it was priceless it was it gives me chills to this day but that kind of inspiration inspiring them to do well not only for their dream of becoming a major league baseball player but also seeing all those other careers that exist and how how um you can have those opportunities through a game like baseball that really builds team building, we have character development, and then it opens all these other doors for children and their parents and families to explore uh, other, other opportunities in life that are going to grow financial assets not only for their own family but for the community.
3: I don't mean to put you on the spot, so I apologize in advance because I'm going to do it. Uh, this program's been going on for a long time, a lot of success... I have to imagine there's some great success stories of of youth that have participated in the Little League, gone on and, and accomplished great things, maybe not even necessarily on the baseball field, but just in their professional lives and they've come back and shared it with you that, that you know, this was one of those things that kind of started them along that path.
4: Oh, absolutely. We have Alderman Jose Perez, who's our great alderman on Milwaukee South Side, Judge uh, Pedro Colon, who is a juvenile justice in, in the city of Milwaukee. Uh, we have uh, captains of the police department and inspectors of the police department. Yeah, so we have many um, uh, prominent. Uh, people over the years who have gone on to very successful careers but most importantly no matter where their career pathway has taken them they come and give back as a coach as a parent coordinator they engage their kids they give back in uh, in very generously with their their talent their treasure and their time and so we're, we're very blessed to have a community and, and I want to say this, the Brewers Community Foundation and the leadership of Cecilia Gore and, and her entire team, they're as authentic as you yeah. can get. They're very genuine. They're genuine partners, and they're with us in the trenches. They're helping us plan. They're helping us uh, get over some bumps in the road that, that may come, and they're they're with us through thick and thin, through the moments that we, we need some help and, and the moments where we can celebrate like I can't wait when we get to cut the ribbons on on the new playing fields this summer.
3: I want to ask you about yourself and how you came to be at Journey House. What was kind of your path that led you to the CEO position now?
4: Yes I have been uh, the CEO of Journey House for 24 years so it's been a very blessed journey where I actually had the benefit over two decades to see how uh, Neighborhoods can come together and through partnerships can really transform a community. And to see all the dynamic and catalytic changes that happen, and I will say with the brewers and and sports uh It really brings community together. Uh, We are predominantly a Latino community, uh, but we're the most ethnically diverse uh, neighborhood in the city, and it's a great way uh, to build oneness and unity, and uh, the game of baseball brings families together. So on our game days, every game day is like uh, the, the, the World Series, and so we have aunts and uncles and cousins and grandmas and grandparents and you know, entire families coming out to cheer on their their T-baller. Um, so it, it's quite wonderful how the game of baseball can do this. And we're so appreciative of the Brewers Community Foundation for making it happen and letting us do this and, and bring everyone everyone together. Well, I
3: know the Brewers are very proud to be associated with Journey House, and how could you not be? Obviously, uh, you did a great job laying out everything that you're involved in and we thank you so much and uh thank you for everything you're doing in the community first and foremost
4: thank you and i just can't say it enough we really appreciate uh the genuine partnership from the brewers community foundation and the milwaukee brewers and and all its 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 entire team
3: we uh we we thank dr michelle brea the ceo of journey house for joining us and and you can learn more by going to journeyhouse.org Our thanks to Dr. Michelle Bria from Journey House on all of those important issues and very cool how they're getting involved in the community. And, of course, the Brewers are very proud to partner with them. Also, we had a chance to sit down with the American Red Cross Wisconsin region CEO, Mark Thomas. And Justin Kern was along with him as well, their communications director. And, of course, there's a lot of things that the american red cross is involved in and uh, some of that is about trying to get smoke detectors installed across the state in all of these homes so people can be more safe we touched on that and a host of other topics as well as we continue on brewers on tap taking a look at the brewers community foundation and the different partnerships and the different organizations that they are involved with we are now joined by the American Red Cross. And we're joined by Mark Thomas, the CEO of the American Red Cross, and Justin Kern is with us, communications director as well for the Wisconsin region. And guys, I want to start with the the work that the Red Cross does. I think a lot of our listeners are probably somewhat familiar with all the different things that you're involved with and the impact you've been able to make, uh, whether it be disasters or whatever situation may be. You've always been able to be there and provide resources, but let's, Mark, just start by kind of diving into that um, a little bit more than just the 30,000-foot view, a little bit more specific to, to what are some of the, the important things, specifically here in Wisconsin, that you're proud of that the Red Cross has been able to really impact over the last few years?
2: Well, first of all, thanks for having us. We appreciate the opportunity to have this dialogue. Um, I'm just very proud to be um, a, a part of the American Red Cross, especially the Wisconsin region. Um, in Wisconsin, a lot of people don't know that we have over 2,300 very dedicated volunteers who are um, spending many of their uh, personal hours helping us as we respond to people that are um, dealing with disasters. And those disasters can be defined um, as things like tornadoes, fires, uh, flooding. But in addition to that, um, those volunteers are helping us Um, Train people and and work with people that are being trained in things like CPR and babysitting classes, which are things that the American Red Cross um, Offers we we just um, Through a partnership with uh, the Milwaukee public school system uh, just launched a a swim program where we're going to help young people um, Especially young people who live in areas where they don't have a lot of access to public pools um, learn how to swim Um, additionally Um, serving and and supporting our veterans and their their families of our uh, men and women who serve our country. So we have a pretty strong and robust uh, service to the armed forces uh, portion of the work that we do. And that's everything from connecting people with their loved ones. Um, We have a uh, We go into the VAs throughout the state of Wisconsin um, and and work with them, share some fun times with them, play cards, um, take them on fishing trips. Um, But also, um, uh, if someone is deployed overseas, um, we are there when they leave, and we try to be there when they uh, come back to connect them with various resources.
3: Justin, when you talk about volunteers, that means you have to be able to get the word out. And as communications director, I'm sure that's part of your responsibility. Are you ever just overwhelmed with how incredible that is that over
0: 2,300
3: volunteers in the state helping you get this stuff done?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable to me. Their, their compassion and their drive um, drives me, really. Um, you know, I, I used to work where I managed a team of uh, staff, you know, hired staff, where, I, you know, I felt like I had to, like, they were getting a paycheck, and I had to, like, push them off a, the, the edge of a cliff to go do the work. The volunteers that we have at the Red Cross come to us inspired, ready to put their talents to work, and, um, and, and that's in a range of ways. You know, Mark was bringing up the, the, some of the ways the volunteers help. And, and before, you know, we, we started the podcast here, we were kind of talking about the spirit of the Midwest. And, you know, just yesterday morning, we sent a, a, one of the volunteers from Lodi, Wisconsin, out to Puerto Rico to help out there. Um, and one of the great ways that our volunteers and supporters like the Brewers Community Foundation have been there for us when there are these national disasters um, we have res- like resulted in volunteers going out for the earthquake in Mexico in 2017, hurricanes, uh, Harvey and Maria. Um, some of those big scale incidents, while you know you think about them from a national lens, um, a lot of the people that are going to help are the trained volunteers from right here a- in Wisconsin and throughout the Midwest, which is, I mean, it's, it's just inspirational and, and it and it you know speaks to the power. Of, uh, of what we're able to do at the Red Cross, but also the importance of supporters like the Brewers. And you think of the images from Houston and New Orleans over the years and, and the
3: Red Cross and all they've been able to do to help those situations as much as possible. Mark, the, you, we've mentioned the Brewers Community Foundation. That relationship, you know, how has it grown, and how have the Brewers been able to support um, some of your initiatives?
2: Well, quite frankly, the Brewers have knocked it out of the park. Um, through their um, efforts in, in supporting the American Red Cross. As Justin mentioned previously, they've been working with us for a number of years on a couple of key things. Uh, number one, our signature event, our Brave Hearts event, which is an event where we recognize local heroes, and they've been a sponsor of that for the past few years and put their uh, their, their time and, and talent and money um, into that. <clears throat> Additionally, um, with our volunteers and through their sponsorship or, or through their support as we deal with national disasters, um, they've, their support from the Brewers Community Foundation has allowed us to send these volunteers to places like Houston, New Orleans, Puerto Rico, and, and other places to serve. Um, we're excited about uh, something that's going to happen this year um, through the, their support, and that's uh, helping us with our um, uh, Sound the Alarm event which is an annual event in which we mobilize over 300 volunteers, and we go out into neighborhoods in the greater Milwaukee area and other areas throughout the state um, installing smoke alarms. But here locally, um, we look to install um, um, over 500 smoke alarms um, in, in the communities in Milwaukee. We actually have a specific um, latino effort uh, this year where we're going to focus on some communities uh, heavily populated by latinos and the near north side Um, and through the support of the brewers community foundation we're going to be able to provide all of those smoke alarms Mm -hmm. and the training um, uh, for safety planning and and escape planning free of charge to those families that's
3: outstanding and uh, certainly something that's going to make a big difference in those communities as well Justin, Mark hit on it a little bit, but um, the relationship with military veterans and their families and the things that you're trying to do for them, kind of touch on that a little bit if you can.
0: Yeah, it's it, one of the two main tenets that, that we're congressionally mandated to, to, to serve in, in America— Uh, to to serve in terms of disaster response and serve our military and service members. It's really one of the core things that we do at the Red Cross. Uh, Awesome, just drive in uh, to the ballpark here and see the VA just around the corner. We spend a lot of time there. We have volunteers there every day, um, you know, working with veterans, just kind of being there for them, just in that compassion role. Um, We we have a lot of events throughout the state, um, just reminding our veterans of the importance, the impact that they've made. Um, And then from the service member aspect, it's kind of one of the, I think it's one of the quieter aspects of what the Red Cross does, but um, something that we really focus on and, and pride ourselves on is, is being able to connect families in need who are maybe deployed, and something happens at home. We're, we're the conduit to bring them back home if you know if something unfortunate happens um, back here, stateside, if they're deployed. So. Um, it's just amazing to, to see the, 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 range of ways that we're able to, to help veterans and service members. And then, you know, as, as they kind of transition back to civilian life, um, we have many avenues to, to help kind of ease that transition, both for the service members and their families. Um, so that, uh, you know, it, it it's just, it, it's inspiring to just be here and, and, be part of that kind of military aspect, um, and, and, uh, and know that that core, core mission is very alive with the Red Cross. You mentioned inspiring, and I think with most of what the American Red Cross does, you could
3: probably use that term um and associate it with it. but uh, when we talk about recognizing local heroes, and you talked a little bit about the signature event mark but uh, it is great to recognize these heroes that have that have been selfless, that have put you know everybody else in front of them, and they deserve that recognition, but there's a secondary part to that, right, where it inspires people to live their lives that way. I mean it's there there's a secondary part to highlighting these people. They deserve the credit, they deserve the recognition, but it also kind of lifts everybody else around them up a little bit too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think about a young man that we recognized last year, a teenager. <clears throat> he he um his father was a volunteer firefighter. I think they lived in um, some rural area in southeast Coles, Wisconsin. Colesville, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah. And and so he went with his dad um, to the firehouse every now and then as volunteers and just kind of hung around as a kid. But he was observing and he was learning and he was being inspired, if you will, to maybe one day be a firefighter. Well, lo and behold, their house catches on fire. He and his mom are home. They both get out immediately, very safely, but they live in an area where, again, with volunteer firefighters, they're not as immediate as it would be in an urban area. He took it upon himself to go back into that home and based on what he had learned by being around his father, Um, um, hanging around the firehouse and probably through some Red Cross training, he took the, the fire extinguisher and he started putting the fire out. So he put himself at peril. Um, and ultimately save the house. The house was damaged, but the house was not burned to the ground. But it's those types of stories that just inspire me to come in every day, and it makes it really easy for me to um, go around and, and ask people for uh, some of their time or some of their uh, talent or some you know, some of their financial resources because it's, those stories pop up all, all the time.
3: You mentioned 2,300 volunteers. It takes a staff to organize all of that and to make sure you're able to mobilize all those volunteers how, how challenging is that on a day-to-day basis,
2: Mark? Well, I, I will say um, I am blessed to have uh, 49 uh, members on the team that are fabulous. Um, we have a great mix of people that are experienced, that have been uh, Red Crossers for over 20 or maybe even 30 years, and we have a lot of folks that are newer, less than five years, who came to this uh, work saying, hey, I want to uh, help make my community a better place to live. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's not challenging uh, from the standpoint of working with them. Actually, it's a treat uh, to be around those folks. Um, I'm learning every day. I still learn from them. Um, they allow me to be me. Um, but at the same time, I know that uh, in the trenches, when there's a disaster, or when there's something happening, if there's a 62 uh, unit apartment building that goes on fire, as it did in Bayside about a year ago, I know that I don't have to pick up the phone and go down a roster and call. People are going to start texting. We'll meet you there. We'll meet you there. And, I, you know, they're already on, on the case. And so um, it's, it's really been a joy to Work with such a dedicated group of individuals who put um, the mission of the Red Cross first and foremost in their mind and in their uh, activity. Well,
3: Mark, Justin, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming in and spending some time with us today. And you should be very proud of what uh, the Red Cross has been able to accomplish, not just in Wisconsin, but across the country. And I know the Brewers are very. Very pleased that they are able to partner with you on so many different objectives.
2: Well, thanks for having us here, and and I'd be remiss if I didn't say, um, you know, we've only talked about a few of the stories, but, you know, uh, we encourage people to go to our website, uh, www.redcross.org. Um, forward slash Wisconsin, and they can read and hear about more uh, uh, inspirational stories such as the ones we had. And it's also a way for them to find out how they can help through volunteering and other methods. So we appreciate being here. And again, thanks to the Brewers Community Foundation for all of their uh, undying support. And go Brewers.
3: Of course, a big thank you to both Mark and Justin for joining me on Brewers on Tap. And uh, of course, we were also joined by Paula Kylie, the city librarian from the Milwaukee Public Library. And of course, it's always important that we promote literature, we promote reading, and we promote reading amongst the youth. And how do you want to motivate these kids to read? Well, you get some stars in front of them. And Lorenzo Kane's a guy that can certainly uh, move the needle, if you will, amongst some of the young people here in Milwaukee. And of course, summer's important, too. When school's out, you want to keep reading and, and grow, and and improve and be back uh, the next year for your next uh, year of classes uh, that much better and that much smarter. And of course, uh, summer reading programs are a huge, huge deal. I know my kids are involved in them. And so I had a chance to talk to Paula about how the Brewers Community Foundation has teamed up with the Milwaukee Public Library to help make some of these things come true. As we continue here on Brewers on Tap, taking a look at the Brewers Community Foundation and some of their uh, objectives and some of their partnerships, we are joined by Paula Kiley, a city librarian from the Milwaukee Public Library. First off, Paula, it is great to have you with us. Thanks so much for taking some time to, to talk with us today.
5: Well, thanks, Lane. It's really great to be here, and I'm excited to be sort of in the inner circle here at uh, the Brewers Stadium.
3: Well, I am uh, a big fan of reading because it's kind of important when you're preparing to broadcast a baseball game. You've got to be able to read and kind of figure out what's going on. And so I'm a big uh, believer in the, the public library system and, and the things that it can do, especially for youth uh, around the country. What are some of the things right now that, that excite you about what's going on with the public
5: library? Well, we have so much going on. I mean, it's, it's really hard to pick. But I think that the, some of the most important things are still about the basics. Mm-hmm. It's reading. It's reading. You know, if you can't read, you really aren't going to go very far. And so we spend a lot of time and a lot of effort really focusing on young people, as you suggested, and giving them opportunities to improve their reading skills and to really just have an opportunity to read for fun, you know, for enjoyment, pick what they like. Because as you know, in baseball, the more you practice, the better you get. And the same thing is true for reading.
3: You have uh, been partnered with the Brewers Community Foundation over the years. Last year, uh, of course, uh, you had that Super Summer Reader Program, and Lorenzo Cain was a part of that last season. How does how do those types of things help encourage young people? To, to, to open up a book and really spend time like that.
5: Yeah, so our summer reading program is so important to us. It's really, I think, the biggest program we offer every year. And in looking back, our partnership with the uh, uh, Brewers Community Foundation really goes back to 1996. You know, and um, the support through providing free tickets for the kids um, and some financial support so we can reach more children has been so critically important and really inspiring to us. So, you know, the more kids read, you know, the better they're going to get. But it's really important that children and teenagers understand that the adults in their lives care about them. And whether it's a parent, a teacher, a librarian, or someone who is a major league baseball player, knowing that those people, those role models think that reading is important is certainly extremely encouraging. You know, we all look up to um, somebody when we're a kid, we look up to the adults in our lives. And so anytime that we can get leaders in our community um, to really demonstrate some of the really, you know, positive images, such as reading, it's just a, it's just a win for everybody. So we're so excited to have the Brewers involved.
3: Paulie, you just kind of, I think, uh, alluded to it a little bit, and that is, um, you know, presenting a positive image to reading, kind of encouraging kids to read. How can our listeners help? How can they help have a nice impact on continuing to grow the the literacy rate uh, across not just even Milwaukee, across the country, but encouraging kids to get into the library and to read and to and to grow through reading and through literature well. I know I, I have four kids, and they're all members of the library. They all are part of the summer reading program. And it, it's fun for me to watch my kids grow from a reading standpoint. My, my oldest daughter read the whole Harry Potter mm-hmm. series by the time she was in second grade. And it was really inspiring to sit there and see her read these books that were bigger than her um, and, and to see her get lost in those. And, and And you could see her grow as a person as she was going through that. How can other people help encourage that kind of growth um, around the community?
5: Well, um, that's a great question, and there are a lot of things that people can do, and it, and it doesn't have to be complicated or hard. One of the first things that adults can do is they can read themselves mm-hmm. because when, when young people see their parents or, um, or you know, someone in their lives reading, spending time, investing time reading, um, that's, we're sending a positive message. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing I would say is to talk about what you're reading. Uh, one of the tips I give our elected officials at the city is when they encounter a child, ask them if they're reading, especially during the summer, and what they're reading. Um, and then tell them what you're reading. So have a conversation. Make it important. And, of course, a really um, another important thing is that uh, young parents, parents with young children, Start reading. Start using books with your children as soon as possible. I mean, you can, you can be using the library, developing a home library for your, for your baby, um, even before that baby is born. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the things that we expose our children to between the ages of zero and three are critical in helping kids um, become learners and become readers. So uh, read as often as possible. But even fifteen or twenty minutes a day is enough. and as your children or the children in your lives get older, it doesn't mean that you have to stop reading aloud to them. Your third grader can read, but they can't read um, they can't read a, a novel by mm-hmm. Dickens, right. but you can read it aloud to them and in reading aloud, even as your children get older, they're being exposed to more words, more vocabulary, more ideas and I would I would add that in addition to that, take them places. You know, having experiences helps to inform the reading that children do. Um, it's one of the things that we really appreciate about the about the Brewers and the foundation is that you provide an opportunity for kids to come to the baseball yeah. diamond. Um, watching baseball on television or listening on the radio is great. Being in the park is a completely different experience. Yeah. And so... The more experiences that parents can help their children have, the better off they're going to be.
3: Is there a need for volunteers and things of that nature at the library, or is there any other way that people can support the library and its objectives, um, even financially?
5: Well, there's always a financial need. Um, These programs are not uh, inexpensive, so we welcome any financial support. Um, Volunteers are always appreciated. And I think just having people on hand when we have big events is really helpful. We'll be having a big kickoff event for this uh, this year's summer reading program coming up. It's either in May or June. The date's not quite set yet. But it would be great to have a lot of people there just to lend a hand and to show support and bring their own kids.
3: Paula, we appreciate it. Thank you so much.
5: Thank you, Lena. It's been great to meet you.
3: Paula Kylie with us here on Brewers on Tap. Big thanks to Paula Kylie for joining us on Brewers on Tap. Katina Shaw is somebody behind the scenes of the Brewers that does so much in helping these players get from point A to point B, get connected with different charities, different organizations so they can get out in the community and make a difference and it really does make a difference and somebody to organize this and help them connect those dots is so critical and that's where katina shaw comes in she is a big part of the brewers organization and katina sat down with me to talk about how it all comes together as we continue here on brewers on tap lane grindle with you and we are joined by katina shaw vice president here with the brewers and katina um, you are really the, the liaison in, in many ways for the Brewers players and all these different initiatives that we've been talking about on the podcast, uh, the things that we get these players involved in out in the community. And that has to be, first and foremost, for you personally, That has to be a thrill to be able to see these guys go out there in the community and make such an impact and put so many smiles on people's faces. I know I've been at some of these events, and it really is special to see.
6: Absolutely. I always tell people I'm so fortunate to work for an organization that's so invested in the community. And when I get the opportunity to meet with these players and to find out their passion and the causes that they like to support is a no-brainer. So when I ask a guy to go to a hospital or visit some veterans or just, you know, put a smile on a kid's face, it's automatic. They love uh, reaching out to our fans. They know how lucky we are to draw 2 million fans into our ballpark. So just our guys going to spend an hour or two in the community, it's like, why not?
3: We talked to Paula Kylie of the Milwaukee Public Library uh, on the podcast today and We talked about Lorenzo Cain being involved in the Super Summer Reader program last year. I mean, those are some some small examples. I think a lot of it culminates, too, with the kindness in Milwaukee day that that happens basically every uh, summer at some point over the course of the summer. That's a really neat day to see all those guys out there. And again, we're just putting smiles on people's faces. Can you kind of... Fill us in on everything that that day entails, and all the planning that goes into it as well.
6: Yeah, um, as I mentioned, you know our organization is so invested in the community. So our uh, the organization and the foundation they collaborated this effort where. We um, give $40,000 to our organization. That includes our players, our coaches, our wives, our staff. We spread out throughout the state of Wisconsin, just putting smiles on people's faces. And we really leave it up to the players to, you know, form their random act of Mm -hmm. kindness and they come up with some great ideas a lot of guys um, none of them reside here during the off season so when their neighbors they might see a single mother that they see every day and she's you know, walking her kids to school, and you know, a guy will say, "Here's a hundred dollars to help you with your groceries this week," and the the mom is crying. Um, we've had guys go to from grocery stores to Home Depot's just to put a smile on on people's face. A lot of people are thinking they're getting punked because they're like, <laughs> "Where's the camera? Where's Ashton Kishler? Is he gonna jump out somewhere?" Uh, but it just really shows that we have a um, a charitable team, yeah. and our guys know they are in very fortunate position. And if they can spread joy in any way, they're, they're all for it.
3: This is a great group of guys. It's been that way um, for, for quite a few years now, really, since I've been with the organization. It's been a very user-friendly group of guys, which is a great thing to have, especially in your position. How nice is that, that you can walk into the dugout or into the clubhouse and approach these guys, and they always seem to be willing to help out any way they can?
6: absolutely the one uh, nice opportunity I get I get to go to spring training and that's when I meet with each guy individually to find out what cause he would like to support or what he's really passionate about and surprisingly a lot of these guys have a passion or a, a cause that's really close to their heart either a health um, cause their you know their mother or their dad was affected by some form of cancer or a close friend or they might have their best bud who is you know um, serving the line in the military so we have a very very generous group and these guys really know what they want to get involved in and the guys that don't uh, we just introduce them to the great needs that we have in our community and try to make that perfect match and we we've been pretty good at it. I'm
3: guessing there are a lot of examples that you could pull from but do you have like a favorite moment in your years of, of where you witnessed a player really touching and making a big impact that it just, it, you can think about it and it brings a smile to your face every time. I'm sure there's many Gosh, examples.
6: There's so many. I can literally write a book, but I think one that really resonates the most with me. I work closely with Make-A-Wish. Foundation, uh, get a lot of requests, um, final wishes to meet a couple of our guys. A couple of years ago, one of a, a young lady, she was probably in her her late teens. She was a big fan of Ryan Braun. Um, that was her wish to meet Ryan, um, brought Ryan out during batting practice. And when she had met Ryan, she, she was so adorable. Um, she had these bracelets, these red bracelets, and she had gave Ryan one. And Ryan said, give me a few more. I'm going to give them to my guys um, in the clubhouse, and so Ryan had texted me and said, um, let that young lady know that we're going to wear her bracelets for the game that night, and mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, you're talking about Stoke. Her dad was even crying, and I probably got an e. Maybe a month later, I received a, a call from her dad telling me that her daughter is now an angel in the outfield mm-hmm. and how important that day was to them and how it just showed how realistic our guys are. They're normal guys. They really um, – Um, are very up close and personal with their fans, and just that small gesture went so far, and they gained extra Brewer fans just with that that kind gesture that Ryan did with um, and and included his teammates. So that was one moment that just really resonated to me, and and it was just one of those highlights. That's
3: really a a great story, and I know there's so many, and and so many that maybe – guys don't even want told. They just want to be able to do it out of their own kindness and not turn it into a story, which is always very, very cool as well. You obviously work hand in hand uh from a communication standpoint with Cecilia Gore on a lot of this stuff. And, and, and I know you have a great working relationship. How important is that between the Brewers Community Foundation and what you do to be able to work hand in hand and, and have it be so seamless like it seems it is?
6: Yeah, Cecilia, she's she's definitely a gem in, in this community. Um, she, we're, we're partners in crime. We always say we're double trouble, um, the guys when they see us. They run a little bit because I'm asking for time. She's asking for money. But for the most part, they really respect our roles. They know um, the work that we do is really important to our community as well as our organization. That was one commitment Mark uh, made when he purchased this team that we would be a philanthropic leader. And so Cecilia and I, we hit the, the um, the pavement running and uh, just the support of the foundation is is one of a kind. Cecilia raises the money for us to do all the great things that we do in the community, from building houses yeah. to playgrounds. Um, so I I couldn't ask for a better partner.
3: Should mention too, the wives are really involved as well, which is very cool. I mean, yes. it's not just the players going out there making a difference. The wives get involved on a number of different topics.
6: Absolutely, our wives are very very active. As I mentioned, none of our players reside here, so. So our ladies, they are looking for things to do during the the day, so our wives are serving meals to um, homeless shelters, they're um, uh, talking to young girls, inspiring them, um, character building, to a variety of things they're hosting a, a softball game against the Cubs wives this year so our, our, our wives are very very um, active and a lot of our fans really love engaging with our wives that is like they're closest that they can get to a player so our wives they get a kick out of it when they take pictures with the fans when fans ask for their autographs they they really enjoy our fans.
3: That was a great event two years ago when they played the Cubs' wives. Yes, I was at that. So and uh, big news is that Casey Sogard is back and she's a great player. So that's a, yes. that's good news for the yes. Brewers' wives softball team. Absolutely. Katina, we appreciate it. Thank you so much.
6: Thank you. Thank you, Blaine, for everything that you do. Thank you.
3: My thanks to Katina Shaw, of course, the VP of Community Relations and Family Liaison for the Brewers. Well, last but definitely not least is the Executive Director, of the Brewers Community Foundation. And that is Cecilia Gore. And Cecilia makes things happen, quite frankly, uh, across the community of Milwaukee. And she gets the Brewers involved in so many different things and helps fundraise for so many great projects and important things in our community. And I know watching from afar, I'm certainly incredibly impressed with uh, Cecilia's ability to get things done in this regard. And She should be really proud of what the Brewers Community Foundation has done thus far and, of course, what's in the plans moving forward. And I had a chance to talk to Cecilia to kind of bring it all together. As we continue on Brewers on Tap, taking a look on this special edition of the podcast at the Brewers Community Foundation. And who better to talk about all these different initiatives and these different partnerships than Cecilia Gore from the Brewers Community Foundation. And you have been involved in so many great things over the years. And I know the Brewers are so proud of the things the Brewers Community Foundation has been able to achieve. What are some of the things that stand out to you right now about your goals moving forward over the next couple of seasons?
1: Well, first, let me thank you for uh, allowing this opportunity. I am so proud of what Brewers Community Foundation has been able to achieve. In the last 10 years, we've raised close to $42 million. Unbelievable. Our fans, our players, our sponsors, other supporters have been very willing to buy into our mission and allowed us to support some amazing organizations. So going forward... I'd like to do the same thing.
3: It's a pretty good goal to have considering there has been so much success uh, with all of these different partnerships, And we've been able to highlight a few of them here in the podcast, whether it's the the Milwaukee Public Library, Red Cross, um, you know, you name it. It's been really, really fun to get to know some of these different organizations and the things they're trying to uh, accomplish and the way the Brewers Community Foundation has been able to kind of assist them in those causes. Um When you look at some of those things, how different are they? How unique are all of those different types of partnerships? And and, and that's kind of what makes the Brewers Community Foundation cool, right? It's adaptable.
1: Yeah, it's been amazing, actually. We focus on health, education, recreation, and basic needs. We support about 200 nonprofits annually. So as you would imagine, they're all different. But the one thing I can say is the leadership of the majority of these organizations probably could fairly be called extraordinary they juggle many hats they look at really difficult issues and they come up with solutions and ways to support families and children and you know come up with complex ways to address just issues that are tough so it's fun to be able to interact with folks that are doing that kind of work.
3: And it's really important, too, that you have such buy-in from the top. And Mark and Debbie Atanasio certainly believe in these things, and they believe in being involved in the community. And it's very evident. You don't have to spend much time around this organization to get that Um, there's a culture that's been set from the top down in that regard. We talked to Katina Shaw, and and she and you work hand-in-hand on a lot of this stuff, and she does a lot of the the legwork on getting these players to come out and be involved. And, And we're also blessed that we have a lot of great players that want to be involved in these things. It really does take a lot of communication and a lot of different people working together to be able to pull these things off.
1: It does. Katina and I have a great partnership. We go down to spring training every year. And we always tell the players, she asked for their time, I asked for their money. And so far, we've really been fortunate that they don't run out of the door. Um, I found it to be uh, very encouraging that these young men understand that we have an extremely generous community that loves the team and in turn loves them. And they, they understand why it makes sense to give back. Mark and Debbie have been extraordinary. They are leading this effort. It's under their umbrella. They want us to have a significant impact on the community. They want us to be viewed as a leader and be a part of the fabric of everything that's going on that's good. So couldn't have a better situation.
3: I mentioned to Katina, one of the things that really culminates this in terms of being out in the community with it is the, the random acts of kindness uh, initiative that, that goes on in the summer every year here in Milwaukee with the Brewers players and staff and everybody going out into the community and, uh, you know, donating money, but also just bringing joy to people, which is uh That's fun to see. I mean, I've enjoyed that. I I enjoy seeing the pictures. I enjoy doing it myself. It's a really fun thing, and it's probably not that hard to get people to buy into that, I would think.
1: Yeah, I think it speaks to the culture of the organization. And part of the goal for both community relations and the foundation is to look for opportunities to allow everyone to engage. And I think that as we've been able to do that with things like Random Acts of Kindness, we give people a way to look at how they can participate and be strong corporate citizens.
3: You're making a huge difference in the community. We've talked about that. And so the work you're doing is making a difference. It's I mean it's impactful. And you have a team of people that, that help you do this, and they might not see their name in the headlines as much, but this is a chance to kind of give them some, some credit and some, some, some due, I guess, if you will. Who are some of those people that really stand out to you as people that help you kind of move the needle with this?
1: Well, I do have a great staff. Tim Breaver is our um, Brewers Community Foundation Manager, and he's done an amazing job of facilitating our events. Tim's leaving us. But we will find uh, another wonderful person that will help us in that regard. I have an executive assistant, Roxanne Bickler, who has just hit the ground running. And I think people will enjoy working with her. I love our 50-50 sellers. We have between 25 and 40 sellers every season. You'll see them in the bright orange T-shirts. And they sell the 50-50 raffle ticket, but they also create relationships with our fan base throughout the season. You'll see them every game day, and they've got people that are literally looking for them because they, one, want to buy that winning ticket, but they also want to learn more about what's happening in the community, where the money is going, and we've got the right team to do that. Well,
3: Cecilia, we certainly appreciate this, and it's it's been fun to get to know even a little bit better all the different things that the Brewers Community Foundation is involved in and talk to some of those partners specifically. We thank you for your time, and thanks for all you're doing for the community.
1: Well, thank you. Um, you've been a part of it as well. We appreciated the role you played with the United Way campaign last year where we hit the goal of raising more than $56 million for the community. You emceed our event And so we have a lot of opportunities, and we'll look forward to working with you in the future.
3: Can't wait to do it. Thank you, Cecilia. Thank you. All right, that is going to do it for this special edition of Brewers on Tap as we take a look at the Brewers Community Foundation, all those great organizations across the city that they are involved with. We will be back with you next week with a baseball-intensive Brewers on Tap. I can promise you that. We're going to be talking to some of the guys at Brewers on Deck over the course of this weekend. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. I hope I get to see you out at Brewers on Deck as well. Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you very soon. I'm Lane Grindle. Brewers! Brewers!